0: Welcome to Sports Business Secrets. I'm your host, Kevin Tarka. This podcast is specifically designed to share secrets from experts in the sports business world to help you along your own path to success in this industry. Each episode is packed with lessons and insights that never expire. You'll hear from general managers of professional teams, to CEOs of sports tech companies, to agents, coaches, players, and everything in between. I invite you to join me in real time on my personal journey of representing players and coaches, traveling the world, and always finding a way to battle through obstacles in this competitive industry. Ryota, welcome to Sports Business Secrets. Hey,
1: well, I mean, yeah, nice to meet you here. I appreciate you inviting me today. I'm very excited to join the podcast today.
0: Absolutely. It's been a long time in the making. So I usually, when I have a guest on, I usually kind of talk about the first time we met at first. And I think we have to give a big shout out to our guy, David Nurse, because I'm pretty sure he was the first one to introduce us uh, many years back. So we'll give a shout out to, uh, to David here before we get going for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember. I mean, I don't even remember the when we meet the first time. That's always crazy about, you know, this basketball industry. But for sure, David Nurse connected us uh, so five years ago. Maybe back in NBA somewhere they got dry,
0: right? Yeah, so, something yeah. like that. But but uh, mm-hmm. it is crazy. Everyone you meet, you just forget where you meet because uh, it's a small world. So anyways, right. um, before we get started here, uh, for those who are... Not familiar. Ryota is uh, is one of the the biggest uh, pieces of of let's call him an asset in a club in Japan. Um, you know, I, I I made a post about it earlier uh, when I visited him last month in Japan. Um, he has 15 years of basketball experience and in, in all sorts of different capacities, and we're going to talk about it a little bit today. But he's currently with the Shibuya Sunrockers. Um and I'm excited for you guys to 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 get to know Ryota and his story, uh, but also learn a lot about you know the new uh, new markets, the Japanese market, the 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 different leagues there, and uh and then we'll jump in. So uh, I give my guests maybe one minute. You can tell the people a little bit about your background, like where you're from and and what got you into uh, loving sports or loving basketball.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So Actually I born the lazy in Osaka, uh, where is the second largest town in Japan and one of my favorite towns all around the world. So I born the lazy in Osaka and grew up out, out there. So playing started to play basketball as my age of twelve or thirteen years old, just because you know my good friend playing basketball. So that's it's just a you know, simple reason. And you know. Once I'm playing basketball, you know, I quickly realized, oh, I cannot be a player just because I was not a good athlete and I was good, I wasn't good at any, at you know, level of praise. So, you know, the one day, you know, when I was leading NBA magazine back in Japan, so I found just one article uh what is like a Japanese person who's working for the new Jersey at front office so he's writing an article about the NBA so that was a really really key timing for me to knowing the Japanese people working at the NBA it sounds like unbelievable to me just because you know that was a 20 pretty much 20 years ago from now on I mean you cannot imagine. I mean, NBA is totally different. Wow, that's kind of like over the TV. But, you know, Japanese person is walking out there. So I was like, oh, I probably be a chance to, you know, I cannot be an NBA player. but I'm probably be a chance to walk in the NBA. So that was 20 years ago and, you know, changed whole my life. So I still can't make
0: my dream to be in an NBA. But,
1: you know, still, you know, that was a huge key of my life right now.
0: Of course. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, again, uh, a, a lot of a lot of guests that I have on, um, you know, I've, I've had a couple of pros pro athletes on, but everybody shares the same story. At one point, most people realize hmm, maybe I'm not tall enough or fast enough like myself to play in the pros. And so, you know, that's why I want to share your story, too, is because you have the dream to work in the sport, um, but you're not getting paid to be a pro. Um, and so, so that was when you were in high school, right? So in high school, you knew exactly what you wanted to do. And 20 years later, you're, you're, you're well on that path. So a question I like to ask often is, is after high school, what was your first step? I mean, obviously it was a big challenge, but how did you get involved with, with basketball as a job after, after high school and university?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, there are. I set my goal to, you know, work at the NBA, but that was so far for me, like, especially 20 years ago. So in order to make my dream, so I feel like, okay, let's work in a sports business in the United States, just because Japanese college sports business is not good as a United States. So I feel like, of course, you know, since I want to work in the MBA, I have to learn English. So... In order to those process, I just decided to go to the international school in Japan. I mean, I hope, I mean, I would like to go to the U.S. high school or U.S. college, maybe. But, you know, I don't have any, you know, it's not realistic I mean, to me just because of financial and my language level and my academic level or pretty much everything. So I just decided to go to the international university in Japan. Of course, there, you know, my first year as a freshman, my English class, I mean, they separate, I mean, maybe six or eight different, you know, type of the class for the English class and I start to the lowest class and they start from pretty much this is a pen or whatever This like layer type of the conversation so that's my freshman year at the college.
0: And, and so. Yeah. You then, you, you then became, of course, fluent. Um, and did you get, now, did you get your first opportunity when you were in college or after college to be the translator? Because that was your first real Actually, job or was there something earlier?
1: Right. Actually, that's a senior year at my college. So after I entered to the university, so I had a chance to work with the professional basketball team in Japan, the uh, where my college is at. We call it the oita prefecture so you know i had a chance to the work at the oita heat Devils, uh, which is a professional basketball team out there at that time so my job was kind of like you know uh the part-time job and the stats or box scores that's kind of like an easy job for my first couple years and senior years you know i was trying to the going to the different job to just making the money and maybe the, after three to five years, I mean, once I have a decent I mean, enough money, I, I have a plan to quit my companies and going to study abroad for the US or whatever. That was my plan at my senior year. But one day they talked to me, okay, so the translator spot is open right now. So I wanna take this job or not. So, I have no idea what this conversation goes on, honestly. I mean, I didn't even imagine me being a translator, especially I wasn't a fluent English speaker. I mean, I had a little bit better at the time, but I never translated to the world from English to Japanese or Japanese to English. But I feel like, you know. Working in the basketball industry looks like really head, like, you know, when I see the first three years of my college. So I feel like instead of going to the decent company to make the money, maybe going into the basketball world in Japan could work or maybe helps my dream or something like that. So I didn't even think carefully or deeply, but I feel like, oh, okay, I want to take that job. Then I start to the translator job my senior year.
0: That's awesome. I mean, you took a huge leap of faith for sure, but I think you know it's interesting because a lot of people will ask, um, and I'm sure we're going to get some advice from you later. But uh, uh, young, young guys and girls from many different countries, even the U.S., ask how to get their foot in the door, and of course, everybody wants to start in the NBA. But you're a good example of you just find an opening and find an opportunity, and then you take advantage, and 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 that's what you did. So, did you realize at right. first? Like how important that job was, because I know I tell you this every time we speak, but especially in a culture that there's a big language barrier. This is so important for, um, you know, not only like the locals that don't maybe speak English, but of course, the American imports and the other imports that come in. Like, when did you realize that was such an important role?
1: Well, that's maybe just a couple of few days, just because, you know, of course, you know, since we play in basketball and I have NBA, we have something in a common world. I mean, basketball is like, in you know, all the English, even though we play in Japan. But, you know, I didn't have any idea, like, you know, how difficult to translate, especially not just the word, like, you know, including emotion or including purpose. So sometimes it's going to be a business conversation that was not just basketball. So at that time. The Oita team is like a really, very really small budget team. And I can say maybe the one of the smallest professional basketball team in Japan, 20 years, I mean, 15 years ago. So I am the only one who understand English, who can speak the English. Doesn't have to be perfect. but So I have to translate, of course, basketball translation, maybe something, the personal translation and help their family translation, which is going to city hall, or sometimes going to doctors or maybe going to the restaurants or at any other situation, I have to speak English. But I don't have any idea. Of course, I understand basketball, as I said, but I don't have any idea, like you know, for the <laughs> national health insurance stuff. I mean, even a Japanese. So that's they you know great experience to me. I mean they yeah, so yeah, I mean. This is a really Early on. important job for the any team. Yeah, for sure. Definitely.
0: And and so you spent you spent a handful of years there uh with OITA. Uh and then mm-hmm. uh and then something happened, I think, in the 2012 season that shifted your role, right? right. So talk talk about that trans <laughs> transition.
1: Yeah, man. So as I said, I mean OITA is like a small budget team. So we always have like a financial problem every year. I mean, which we realize and understand. And that's maybe the only reason they hire me, just because I was a college student. So they don't have to pay that much money for me. And one day, so translators of myself is pick up the American prayer by curve to the practice facility. So one day I try to the pick up the American guys and by Kerr, and president called me. Hey doctor, can you please come to the office instead of going to the practice facility? And I said, okay. So I pick up all four American and going to the practice, I mean, going to the office. So everybody was there, coaches, other Japanese players. And then we feel like, oh, maybe something like important meeting or whatever. And president started to say, I am sorry to tell you guys to announce this. Uh, We got bankrupt. So we don't have <laughs> any money left to pay you guys. That's the in season. We have a game on the weekend. That was, I guess, Tuesday or Wednesday. So. I actually I was a college student, so I didn't realize like actually what was a bankrupt means, just because you know I still got help for financial support from my parents. But American prayers, Japanese prayer, they have a kid, they have a family. So they actually go crazy and the meeting went to like this crazy loan. It's <sighs> including the legal office, or somebody started saying like, let's go to fever or let's go to Japan Federation. So that was a crazy. But still, we have a game on a Wednesday. I mean, a game on a weekend. So we have to play. But, you know, some players didn't get paid. So we had a lot of conversation. The conversation goes on. And at the end of the day, after the one week or two weeks, uh, the league come in and they start to the help for us like less of a season. So, of course, president is gone. And some management people is gone just because, you know, we got bankrupt and we don't have money to pay. So new organizations start during the season. And somehow the former president and the BG League guy selected me as a general manager. At that time, I was 23 years old and probably the youngest GM in the basketball. So I have really no idea why you guys pick me the GM, obviously you see a lot of like elder person here, these companies, and I am the youngest, and I was just translator for the American for years, And I'm hanging out with them, you know, going to the practice with them, spending family with them and pray 2K every night. So those 23 years old young kids gonna be GM. I was like, I wasn't dreaming about that, but you know, everybody talked to me a you are probably the only one who can help in this situation even some older player or american player told me so they push my back and they support my back so i Mm decided to take the gm job and my first job in the gm is i went to the press conference in front of medias and i apologize to the how we get bankrupt it's not of course by Mm -hmm. me but at that time, I was a new GM. So I have to apologize to of the course. media, the fans, communities. So that wasn't my first ever the GM job.
0: Wow. Yeah, that is a that is a crazy story. Um it, you know, I I think two things I just want to mention for for the for the listeners. Um, because you know, I, I talk sometimes on here about the difficulties of 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 clubs abroad, and sometimes um, in Europe you'll see some of the teams that go bankrupt or they don't pay players. Now, I want to say one, this was 10 years ago. So this was very different of a market. And two, you'll recognize how quickly the situation was resolved in Japan, right? So you said, of course, the league came in to help. that they selected you as the new GM. And, you know, you essentially the the problem was solved and moving forward. And that doesn't happen a lot. So that speaks that speaks to the professionalism of, of Japan, I think, you know, and that's one of the first things I noticed when I went there uh, among many things. Um, so let, let's um, speaking of educating the audience about Japan, maybe, maybe you could give like a brief overview just for some listeners who are not familiar with just the pro basketball leagues right. there. So of course you have, you know, the B league, B two and B three, maybe just like a quick overview of, you know, what, what the leagues are and and some sort of import rules or something, something quickly.
1: Right. Sure. I mean, Kevin, thank you for saying to the, you know, that's my story was 10 years ago. Of course, you know, it's 10 years, still 10 years ago, but already 10 years ago. So, you know, Japanese, Japan is like maybe one of the good countries and the people always said never bankrupt, always money is beyond time. But that was a 10 years ago conversation. But mm-hmm. let's say after 10 years or maybe not even 10 years, so 2015, FIBA came, I mean, FIBA stepped in. We got something suspension by FIBA just because there's a two different basketball leagues out here. So a lot of conversation goes. So let me go into show. So from 2016, uh, the B-League, new professional basketball league has been stirred. So this is our uh, seven or eight season since B-League is stirred. And there is three different categories. B1, we call B1 on the top league, and the B2 and B3s. And the B1 are 24 teams and the B2 and the B3 is 14 teams each. So combined or B1 to B3, actually, we have pretty much 54, 52 or 54 professional basketball team in Japan or I mean from the north to south. So uh, just talking about B1, 24 teams, we have a, eight teams in a conference and three different conference like central or Eastern, Western, we play 60 games back to back games. It's not maybe happen for any other countries like Europe or NBA or some Asian. We always play back to back Saturday and Sunday games. And sometimes Wednesday games. So Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, and maybe following week Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, so whatever. So that type of schedule and each team has obviously three important players and you know besides three important players this last a few years we started the link, something east asian country players so the beauty is more expanding for the international even we started like seven or eight years ago and you know kevin you came to japan like last month you know east asia super party, you just start. Like this year's finally, and you know I'm happy to see Japanese team is participated for the East Asian like something like international games. So, yeah, that's pretty much overview about the B-League right
0: now. Yeah, that's great, and and I'm glad you mentioned that because it is it is important for uh, for the pros or aspiring pros listening. Um, you know, most most countries are different with their schedule. For example, Euro League team is going to play on certain days of the week um in their domestic league and then in their international competition. Some teams in in entry-level leagues have one game per week. Um and then some have multiple, but Saturday, Sunday is just, you know, it's different than some places. Um, So that's great. And and so just to just to confirm, so each team is allowed three imports. Now for those who want to learn a little bit more what an import is, that could be three American players, that could be three players from Europe, that could be any combination of, of import players, correct?
1: Yes, of course, yeah, but I can say mostly we see the American players just because maybe there I don't know specific reasons, but maybe their our basketball culture is came from the U.S. instead of Europe, so that's maybe probably reason why, but so. You know, like my team as well, and we have three important players and all they are the American player. Of course, some team hiring European team, European guy, mm-hmm. or we see some maybe Australian players here, but I can say maybe half of the important player or more than half of the important player is American player here. For sure.
0: And and, uh, and then you have, I know you mentioned the, the Asian quota uh, special, I think it's called the Asian special quota player spot. So um, right. just to reiterate that is if you, if a player has a passport from a specific Asian country, um, they can count as that slot. So they don't count as an additional import. So you can have the three imports plus the special uh, Asian quota player. Um, So yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's very interesting. And if you had to describe... I don't know, maybe the, the style of play like uh, versus mm-hmm. an American game. Um, wh- how would you describe it? I I, th- I can maybe describe it after you too, just the differences, but it's it's different than mm-hmm. watching, uh, you know, uh, ACB Spain and it's different than watching college basketball in the States.
1: Mm-hmm. So it is really crazy that we always said, you know, at the end of the day, basketball is basketball. But, you know, some days we said, basketball is all different so we are not playing like the way the nba basketball but also not like the play what the way european basketball style right so it's i can say japanese or asian type of the basketball style i mean if my word is right so just because you know uh, the, especially since building started, we see some foreigner coaches here. I mean, we used to see the foreigner coaches here, but we see more foreigner coaches. And foreigner mm-hmm. coaches means not just American coaches. We see some like Spanish coaches here, mm-hmm. like in you know, Australian coaches here, or some like other like European countries coaches here. So we see a lot of different variety of the basketball, and also you know Japanese. Uh, the local player is not like. Typically, not like so big. Japanese big men is maybe six. Usually, Japanese big men is like six, six or six, seven. Of course, we see Rui Hachimura or Yura Watanabe or those special kids. But let's, you know, let's be on that. So basically, Japanese local player is six, six or six, seven. So China, they have a seven-footer local players. In Europe, also, they have a a seven-footer local player. So Japanese basketball is like... More like original, like Asian basketball, I can say.
0: Mm. And and one thing I noticed too is is there's a lot of, um, you know, it's not as much individual play like you would see maybe in, um, I don't know, in in some some NBA games maybe, but there's a Mm. lot of X's and O's. In other words. You know uh, a high pick and roll and you know actually passing the ball at extra time around the around mm-hmm. the paint and then getting the touch inside to mm-hmm. the big man and then outside mm-hmm. so that's just what mm-hmm. i noticed versus you know entertainment style play would you agree
1: mm-hmm. yeah i agree with you right? so japan maybe they're one of their nationality or like you know our collectors like as japanese we are the really uh, oriented and like you know we would like the organized basketball so sometimes yeah. it looks like this aggressive or maybe sometimes we lack of ability or of creativities but you know that might be the problem but you know japan basketball is like more about like team basketball style and like all the school basketball i can say it. big man learn and post feed pg bring up the ball once you stop, you try to bring transition. Of course, not every team doing the same concept of the basketball, but mostly Japanese basketball is, yes, I can say it, like old school, good classic basketball style.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, I was, you know, again, the, the first trip I had to Japan and we got to hang out, just watching some of the games, I was, um, I don't really know what I expected, but it was different. It was better. It was more energy. I mean, the, the, I think that also speaks on the entertainment side and the professional side um, that the league and the, and the, and the culture is picking up for sure. Um, One question I wanted to ask is about um, maybe just like about the, I know it's hard to do, but like the budgets of a team, you know, for example, if you have some EuroLeague teams, you know, I, I say some of the, some of the budgets could be five to ten million dollar budgets and some could be 30 to 35 million right and I think mm-hmm. we've seen Japan um, lately have be known for a place that can pay high salaries and that is a very professional mm-hmm. um, structured mm-hmm. league so maybe you can touch on like mm-hmm. some ballpark budgets or maybe import salaries um, just to educate the audience a little bit
1: yeah sure so you know since we don't have any draft or salary cap so it's like in a free market in japan so obviously as many as you have money actually actually you can spend money for the teams and your players so that's interesting part of the basketball in japan some country has like local player has to be draft or maybe the import players you have salary budget i mean salary cap for the import players so japan doesn't have that so with this little. Every years, uh, the budget for the average budget for the B league is going up and up. B league is actually open in offshore. Which team, like, can you know, pay this much money or like real number of the budget based on the report from the each teams. But I can say, uh, in B one, uh, the players budget is, of course, there is a huge gaps. But you know, some mm-hmm. of the uh, big budget team is close to 10 million. And maybe like middle level or maybe base, I can say average, middle range is maybe between three to six million for their players budget. So that's kind of the, my understanding. Of course, you know, depends on the years. So, you know, we don't open the players salary in offshore. We can just bring to the BD for the, how much money we used for the prayer budget for previous year. So all we know, the official information is one year before. So I don't have any current rates or specific numbers. But, you know, let's say between three to six million is middle range. And over the six to 10 million is uh, some of the, you know, big budget team, I can say.
0: Mm. Yeah, that, that's a good ballpark. And so for the player salaries, mm-hmm. you know, of course, there's some players that are earning uh, a little bit over a million. And that's your high, high, mm-hmm. high end, you know. And then, you know, your low In in V one, let's say your low end, like what's maybe uh like a local or um you know a lowest salary? Would you say?
1: Uh, the lowest salary for the league is set by the league rule, so lowest salary could be thirty k per season. But I think not many players is on the lowest salary. So, Mm -hmm. well, you know, local players' salary is like way different. Like some players making maybe like. 100 or less 100k but some players making as you said kevin probably over the million so huge gap mm,
0: yeah but that's good to know i mean a lot again a lot of this information is not out there so that's why we bring the experts like yourself onto the podcast mm-hmm. um and, and mm-hmm. so before we get into because i want to talk about uh obviously shibuya and your role there but mm-hmm. um there the the exciting news out of out of uh japan and the b league is that there's a new plan in place for a couple of years down the line. So, you know, maybe you can just talk very briefly about that and just let people know, like, you know, I've talked about it a little bit, but the exciting plans to really restructure Japanese basketball and, you know, organize some of the budgets and have specific qualifications for the arenas and cut down on the teams. So um, are you, I guess, first, maybe you can summarize that, but then talk about, you know, are you excited for that and you know what you're looking forward to?
1: Sure. So in Japan, so before I talk to you about the you know, uh, plan for the 26th, uh, Japan, you know, like we said, we have three different divisions, division, I mean, B1, B2 and B3. And, you know, if you want to move up to the upper division, not just win the game or not just win the playoff or whatever, you have to be have like, you know, nice financial, I mean, good financial condition. And you have to meet some like in you know, a condition there's a few contents so for 26 2026 uh League just announced they're going to start like in a new b1 league i can say let's say new b1 league so new b1 league is more less team uh we have 24 team in a b1 and we are really not sure how many team it's gonna be but maybe it's maybe half or maybe I don't know, 16 teams or 18 teams. I am not sure how many teams is going to qualify, but they said their uh, unique bird is not just win or lose and who you have, but also you have to have average 4,000 audience for the games, for your regular season home games. And you have to have, let's say, 5,000 capacity, at least 5,000 capacity arena you have to have. Or even the small things, you have to have a VIP room, or this number of the bathroom, I mean, toilet, or of course a financial uh, request, what else? Oh yeah, there is a many, many small condition and you have to also run the use development or whatever. So you have to have, like You have to go through the all small contents and if whoever make it uh, will join from the premier league, like a new B1 league from 2026 and I am actually very, really, very really excited about it. I mean, just not just you know as a you know person from San locals. I mean, we are not uh, you know confirmed yet, but you know just you know one of the Japanese who the basketball. Right? Like we talk a little bit like ten years ago, we had a bankrupt conversation. And we always go into the ATM, oh, did we get the money? Oh, okay, come <laughs> on, man, I didn't get my salary. Oh, we had this conversation goes on. And 10 years later, like, you know, I'm speaking about an MBA or prayers or new project. Mm-hmm. And maybe 10 years from now on, maybe after the couple of years, we started a new season. I mean, new B1 league. That's going to be crazy. So I am really happy to have Japan basketball like developed so fast from bottom to be one of the best leagues in Asia. So I am really proud and happy with that.
0: As you should be. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. I mean, it's been um, very impressive to me to see how quickly, even over the past couple of years, the the, the professionalism and the and the um, how attractive the league is, and all the different types of players that are moving from high level NBA or European teams over to the Asian markets. So it, it definitely is exciting for for the basketball culture. Um, great. So so let's let's move to a more more um, current. Right. So you obviously you had the, maybe you can talk about the opportunity to um, you know of course. Shift to the the uh, to Shibuya to Sunrockers and um, and then talk about how that opportunity came and and we can get into some of your current responsibilities now.
1: Okay, so you know, like we talk, uh, I was in the GM for the Oita and maybe three four years, and you know at that time I was too young to be the GM S3. so. Maybe the one shorter period it works, but when you work two years or three years, that's something it's really hard. Just because you don't have, I mean, you don't have any good experience. So I feel like you know maybe this is a good timing to leave this program, and we had a bankrupt conversation again, of whatever goes on. So uh, when I decided to go in now to the O-Eater, uh, the one person, and he brought me the conversation with Hitachi some at that time. I mean. Hitachi, from Oiter to Hitachi, is crazy transition to me. Oiter is the one of the smallest and like in a local, local basketball team and considered as division two. And Hitachi, they have several Japan national team players and some of the former NBA players used to play. So one of the best league, I mean, one of the best team in Japan. So I was really happy to take the offer. So I took the offer from, to, I took the offer from Hitachi in 2015 and my job title was going back to team manager and translator. So I used to be a GM, but I turn, I mean, I going back to the, like, in you know, a first job, but I was really happy to do that. So I took the Translator job again the first two years or three years, including team managers. And from 2018, I moved back to the front office. And now I'm you know, working for the basketball operation for, you know, youth team, top team, pretty much everything. So that's through my transition.
0: Great. Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, I think that speaks to your character. You, you had a, a sexy title and an amazing experience. And then you were not afraid to take, you know, a label, take a step down, but work for that higher that higher organization and obviously it's uh it's paid off in the end um can you talk a little bit about maybe just the structure of the league so i know you have you know the, the the youth development system but maybe for some people who are not familiar of course there's the first pro team and then maybe just talk about the structure of the of the ages below
1: right sure so you know we used to be a U.S. type of the basketball culture we have. So which is, you know, going to the middle school team and high school team basketball and the college basketball and time to be a pro if you have a chance. That used to be a Japanese basketball until last couple of years. But this last couple of years, especially B-League, B-League brings to the something culture from the European, which is the mm-hmm. European. Japanese soccer football is kind of the same. You go into the one specific school, but you play basketball or soccer football for your youth development so now we have of course the pro team is the top and under the pro team we have a u18 team uh, for the high school team and we have u15 for the middle school team and we have u12 is for the elementary school team so we have pretty much four different type of the teams under the this organization and all connected from bottom to top, so which is you know pretty excited, and I'm happy to see this structure uh, in Japan.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great development system, and something that I actually love about the European system versus the American system is the mm-hmm. you know the development and the club level. Now, are you, um, are, are teams starting to do more recruiting at younger ages to bring some of these players into your development system, or not quite? Yes.
1: Yes, not everybody. We are doing a local tryout for joining our youth team, so not everybody can attend, obviously. But so we do. We keep doing a local tryout, but we start recruiting some good talent players. So my day is pretty much crazy, Like, You know, we talk about American players, we talk about, let's say, NBA or European basketball, and like right after that, after this conversation, I'm gonna have the meeting with the youth. Uh, coaches and we talk about how we do doing their summer schedule plan and after that maybe we talk about like you know with more like elementary school team coaches and how we recruit the players or like you know, oh his mother is tall or maybe he can be a Torah for the futures so that's pretty much crazy right so we talk from elementary school mid school high school and the pros so i watched every day so this weekend as well I watch the pro team games, of course, but I'm going to watch the high school basketball here in Tokyo to scout the players. And maybe someday I need to go to middle school games to watch their plays and scout prayer. So that's a really fun job for me.
0: So you go from watching the middle school Middle school talent to watching NBA, NBA talent right in the B League. It's uh, quite the drastic change on a daily basis. Yeah,
1: right. So every day I speak like, okay, so yeah, when you look at like sometimes you know, you go into the like seven or eight years old tryout and I go to practice or try, oh, he moves pretty good. And and the other day you watch the NBA games, oh, this guy is pretty good. I mean, (laughs) crazy.
0: That's, that's amazing. And, and your day is also structured specifically because of the time zone. So for example, we're recording mm-hmm. this right now, and it's in, um, you know, uh, the nighttime of the US, but it's in the morning mm-hmm. for you over in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. your mornings are spent sometimes talking to US, uh, maybe late mornings are local, then afternoons, maybe Europe. Uh, so how, how, is, how do you structure your days talking to so many different time zones?
1: Exactly. Especially, you know, I am the in-person who's charging for the U American Players contract negotiation. So I've been talking to the NBA person or in you know, a prayers agent as well. So early morning for me is talk to the people who live from the east, uh East Coast. And maybe lunchtime is maybe talk to the people from the Los Angeles or West Coast. And maybe after lunch in the daytime is you know I talk to some Japanese people here or Korean people kind of like same time frame and at that time Europe gonna be a morning so I got some text <laughs> or phone call from the Europe the other evening and nighttime and you guys in in the morning so I sometimes talk to you guys in my nighttime and the late nighttime, uh, West Coast is gonna be a morning so <laughs> that's whole my 24.
0: So so when do you, when do you sleep?
1: <laughs> yeah well you know try to find I a mean, better time so i'm always trying to planning i mean how i work like effectively so you know if i can't i can't work 24 hour and 365 yes. days so you know try to focus this specific job so i always said okay this next three hour is the time who working for the youth team and okay so tomorrow's morning is only focused for talk to the person who's from united states so i try to set my you know schedule and always scheduling changed but that's maybe how i handling this situation
0: yeah that's great i mean obviously uh one of the best at time time management for sure um it's one thing to have time management in your own time zone but it's another thing to wake up and it's just you're getting calls from all over the world so i know some of your pain um uh (laughs) a question that I forgot to ask. So when, you know, just for some of the, again, agents, scouts, players, listening um, coaches also, when you're looking uh, for players that maybe are going to be future players in the B league or future players for Shibuya, can you talk about some of the places you look? Because I think uh, it's always good for, for people to hear. Of course, I say it sometimes it may be too much, but if you're in college uh, unless you're an NBA draft pick right now, you're not going to go from college to b one. That's just right. not realistic. Right. Of course, there's always outliers. But what are some of the places uh, or leagues that you watch for future players in the B league?
1: Uh there's a several leagues uh, we have interest in. Uh, you know, around the Japan, like KBL, Korea, uh, South Korea, and Australian NBL is the same, pretty much same kind of the budget range. And especially Korea has a similar culture with us. So we always look at the Korea and Australia for sure. And, you know, other than these two countries and we, you know, always look at the European countries and I mean, there is a lot of high competition, especially like basketball champions leagues or maybe NBA G leagues as pretty much I can answer like all over the world, but uh, my focus is they're always, they're my priority and the focus is, when we look at the players, uh, I'm always check, is this guy is still chasing dreams, mm-hmm. chasing NBA dreams or not? So this is maybe mm-hmm. a huge question to me. Japan, a lot of Japanese team put a lot of weight for pick up high character players, more than the freak athlete or like young top prospect. We always say culture and collectors. So that's the most important things in Japan. So when we when I include the prayers, I am always check, like, are you still looking at an MBA dream in the future? Or are you pretty much, you know, done MBA dreams and a shift for making the money for your family or with rest of your life? So there is no answer, but I have to check with the prayers and what their vision is. So the answer to your question is pretty much all around the world, but it's it's not more
0: than where I look, is who I can look. That was a great answer. I mean, that's that's such important information. And and I hope if you were listening as a player, you heard the player part, but also just for scouts and coaches and and and, and other agents to understand that you know the, the league differences because it's so hard to compare NBA to college to Spain, to second division of Germany, to Australia, to Korea, to Taiwan and everything in between. But that did a good job of of kind of leveling it. Um, So so what is, uh, I'm always curious and everybody has different challenges, but what would you say is one of your biggest challenges right now in your role? Um, Is it keeping up with all the talent or is it um, a time zone issue thing? Like what's something that's a big challenge to you right now?
1: Well, big challenge for me right now, especially with San Lucas Shibuya right now, is, you know, we try to adjust the change of the, you know, style of the basketball. And, you know, Japan, mm. like we said, Japan basketball is developing every year by year. So we cannot stick like in a past good experience or past successful experience. We always need, you know, like our friend David Nurse always used the phrase, think outside of the box. I really love the mm-hmm. phrase of this world. Mm-hmm. Even in Japan, I feel like if I sticking maybe last two, three years, good experience, it's going to be too late for the next one, two years. So I always have to be on mind for the open and try to see uh, what's new and what we got to do. So I don't have any specific challenge with us right now. Of course, there's a lot of conversation. Like let's say going for 26 new B1 league. Or, you know, obviously, the winner the champion, I mean, the you let's hire, like, recruit more better players or coaches or whatever. Those conversations are always going for anybody. But myself, uh, my mindset is like, is, I'm always question myself, is this okay or is this a lightweight or is this a kind of the outside of the box or challenge? So that's the, always the biggest challenge for me
0: that's that's really interesting and 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 i think that's one of your biggest strengths as as i've said before because one thing i noticed and what what people have to understand is you know the 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 culture of any country you go to plays a big role in 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 that basketball culture i think and simply by being a very organized culture which is my favorite part because i'm a very organized person you know you when when uh when you go to catch the bus, the bus will be there at the right time. Like when you're going to the train, I think I told you I was, a, I was, I went to catch a train, just, just the local, you know, Metro or or, or or, train and it was flashing big red signs. You know, this is delayed. This is delayed. It was like 15 seconds late. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> this is perfect. You know? So, the, but the point of me telling you that is like the, the country is very organized. So I think sometimes with basketball, it's hard to be, creative you know like you said you have to think outside the box and instead of doing you know exactly what the play says you just have to read off of it and so i i I agree i think that's one of the challenges but um after watching some of the games i watched there you know this is definitely changing the creativity you have you know players like 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 yuki who's very creative right um or you have other young players so um that was interesting to hear um nice so Next next topic I want to get on, I know we've jumped around a little bit here, but as we start to close out is, uh, you know, we, we always talk about the importance of relationships. So I think it's important for people to understand, first of all, out of curiosity, how you build your relationships. Um, but in addition to that, where you go to build your relationships. So, you know, obviously we saw you last week, you were here in Portsmouth, um, Virginia for, for the Portsmouth Invitational, but you know, what types of events do you go to either domestically or internationally? And how do you build some of your relationships in the industry?
1: Okay, so that's a good question. Okay, so even it's in, inside of Japan or outside of Japan, uh, I think the import, one of the important things is you know, going out for the games, going out for the place as many as possible. Maybe now you can watch the, any, we can watch NBA games or European games by laptop just because the internet is so good. So we can find any information from here in the Japanese office, but going out there for meeting person is the most important and which you never ever do it with online or Zoom type of the meeting stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the uh, kind of my mindset is so, uh, big key is you know meeting David Nurse is obviously big key. So I went to the NBA summer the first time was almost ten years ago, two thousand thirteen. At that time, nobody knows Japan basketball honestly. Nobody mm-hmm. care about the Japanese leagues. No, nobody knows. So I was I went to the NBA summary. league, but at that time, my first time was just audience, just maybe one of the front. I don't even know the who's or NBA personnel, NBA scout. Maybe I know some specific players agent, but that's okay. But you know they don't worry about Japanese teams just because we cannot pay that much money. But mm-hmm. after I meet David Nurse or after I communicate for the players agent, uh, I build a relationship like with the small amount of the numbers, and then. Those people, once those people start uh, trusting me, those people introduce me, the people next to you. Then I try to build a relationship with those people and be in touch on the phone. So, what I'm doing this last uh, almost 10 years is uh, try to see the people as many as possible, especially outside of the Japan. I'm going to PIT every time, NBA Summer Leagues, and the G League Showcase. Of course, this last Three years we have a COVID nineteen or pandemic, so I couldn't travel as I expected. But before the pandemic, I'm going to the PIT in the G League showcase NBA Summary every year. Uh, I probably say I am the only Japanese who can do this, who is doing this. I see some Japanese team in NBA Summary, but I never seen a Japanese team in a PIT. Even the last week we never seen a Japanese. We see a bunch of the mm-hmm. uh, European, American, Korean, but I was the only one Japanese out there. So that's the key for me to meet the play, meet the people. So last week is a good example. Of course, there is a showcase for the senior college players, and they might have we might have a chance to recruit those players. Of course, that is important. But also more important is how you spend time for a hallways. Like exchange the card, having a conversation. Then after you are coming back, be in touch. Hey, thank you for the your uh, Thank you for your meeting last week. And stay in touch. Keep talk. Keep texting. So that's kind of the relationship is keep building. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm It's quite answer for your question. But you know, keep building the information I and mean, keep building a relationship is really important for me.
0: It's uh, it's amazing and you're you're one of the best to do it for sure. We talked about this in Japan and and just mm-hmm. to just to double down on this, you know I I, I think um, you know when the the worst thing that can happen is somebody calls you and you haven't heard from them in three years and they need something. Right. For example, Mm. you know, we talk about you a lot when you talk to a lot of American agents, Mm. um, you know, Mm. you'll get calls all the time around this time, you know, May Mm. and June. Hey, 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 do you want to sign my player? Well, if you don't have a relationship with them, then that's tough. So, um, like you said, you you know, it's important to both be there in person, uh, but then continue to check in with them. I think you, you know, you do a great job of that for sure. Um,
1: And
0: also just to mention, because you said think outside the box. I mean, you are like, it's a clear, it's a clear statement that, you know, being one of the only Japanese teams to come to Portsmouth, maybe you don't get a player right away, but that's thinking outside the box to build relationships and to to build the exposure of Shibuya uh, internationally. So uh, that's fantastic. Well, as we get towards the end here, man, uh, you know, uh, obviously we talked a little bit about the the future of Japanese basketball. Um, You know, we talked about the 2026 plan. I mean, what, what's something that, you know, I guess one thing that, you hope can be improved in Japan? I know we talk about, you know, kind of like the scouting culture a little bit, but one thing that can be improved and then one thing you're really excited for.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like scouting culture in Japan always has been, I can say, problem if my my, my language is not bad. So, you know, since our league is established and, you know, we see a lot of great quality of players. We see a lot of former NBA guys, including my team. Like Japanese quality of the game is going up. Like maybe the fans marketing wise or everything, entertainment, Japan, basketball is getting big and big. But the behind of these stories, uh, we don't have any scouting culture. So this sounds like crazy. But when I, when I look at like Australian, Korean or NBA or Europe, maybe other than Japanese team, all the league, all countries has a scout, right? for the, you know, going to the all over the world communication, like doing kind of the same job, what I'm doing right now, but in Japan, we don't have that cultures and always the, pretty much the coaches and GM is working on during only summers. I'm not saying for every teams, but mostly team does for this. So I think this is not good culture. Uh, as my understanding, I might be long, I might be right, not sure, but, you know, but, you know, how you, you know, for the, you know, new league or, you know, in the futures, I hope, you know, how, you know, importance of scout will be more understanding or more popular in Japan. So that's kind of, you know, my hoping and what I'm exciting for a future in Japan basketball.
0: I love it. I love it. That's great insight. Well, last question is, uh, for somebody trying to break into the pro basketball industry, um, Mm -hmm. I guess maybe, maybe you can do this either for, um, young, young students, guys or girls from Japan or guys or girls from the United States who want to work in the pro international basketball Mm -hmm. space. What's, Mm -hmm. what's, what's some piece of advice you have for them?
1: Uh, I only can say the passion and keep rubbing the game of the basketball. I mean, which is, I mean, we all love the game of the basketball for sure, but make sure, especially in Japan, basketball job is not the highest paid job in Japan, obviously. Basketball job is not the highest pay in sports industry in Japan. You probably find a better pay well job or you probably find like a better environment job but the reason why we keep working for this basketball industry is uh we live with their capabilities and we live with hopes dreams and also we want to do so we all love the game of the basketball and if you lose the love of the basketball maybe you should pick some other good job or maybe higher money job right so basketball, I hope basketball job will be uh, like you know, one of the highest payment job in Japan futures. I hope so. But you know, at this stage, uh, if you are chasing just money or, or if you are chasing just secure your life, basketball is not a right job for you. But if you want to keep chasing the dreams or if you want to commit or if you want to have a comfortable life, I think you know, still robbing the game of the basketball is like really important. So that's Kind of my advice
0: for all young people. It's great advice, man. It's for it's great advice for young people, but it's great advice for pros, even current pros, because there's too many current pros. Uh, If you love the game and you're chasing the dream, keep going. But if you're just doing it to get that paycheck, you're going to be waiting a long time because it's very very difficult. But I I think it's great advice, anyways. Um, All right, well, I didn't prepare you for this, but the very last thing I have is called the sports business lightning round. So I just. Ask you some questions and you have to give me the answer for the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you.
0: What's your favorite color?
1: Yellow, just because some locals using the yellow. Oh man, perfect, oh. perfect question, perfect answer, <laughs> I guess.
0: Do you prefer coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Do you prefer pizza or pasta? Oh,
1: of course a pizza. <laughs>
0: If you could choose one of these, would you rather be able to speak to all animals or speak four languages fluently?
1: Which one? Let's oh, say speak for animals, for all animals.
0: That'd be cool, right?
1: Yeah, What, is, be cool.
0: uh, what is your favorite country outside of your own? Uh,
1: United States.
0: What is one of your biggest strengths?
1: Biggest strength is communication.
0: Who was one of the first people to ever believe in you? Uh, family. What is one of your biggest fears?
1: Biggest fear. Biggest fear is to die.
0: That's a big one for sure, and two more. <laughs> if you could, if you could have dinner and drinks with anyone in the world, they could be dead mm. or alive. Who's one of the first people that comes to mind?
1: I see my family. Mm.
0: Another good one, and the last one here. If you could turn back time and talk to eighteen-year-old Ryota, what would you tell mm. him?
1: Ah, uh, keep chasing dream and keep doing whatever you feel right amazing
0: that's it that was the quick speed round you did a great job
1: everything.
0: no this is awesome man this was this was an amazing episode I, I i know um after posting some some pictures from japan people were curious and i think this episode is going to be an amazing way for them to learn mm-hmm. more about your your background um um mm-hmm. you know shibuya uh and then mm-hmm. all about the b league and um you know it's been uh, it's been fun to get to know you better and i know that uh that NBA dream is, uh, is going to happen really soon because I think there's a lot of NBA teams that could use your skill set and your your expertise. So um, I'm excited for that first time when you're joining an NBA team and then uh, you know, I'll have to come back out there and uh, get some more courtside tickets or you might be here in the States at an NBA franchise.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And also, appreciate you set up this great podcast interview. Like I said before, this happened. And I mean, this is the first time ever the podcast, even in Japanese or English. And I mean, of course, this is the first time ever I speak in English in the public. So I hope, like, all listeners or audience and listen my word and I speak like correctly, like, okay, the English for everybody. But, anyways, yeah. I mean, this is a great experience for me. And like you said, I still chasing the NBA dream, honestly. I can say that. I am not ever give up for the NBA dreams. Not sure how can I make it. Not sure when can I make it. But, you know, I am just you know, win the day. That's also the use in the word for the David use, David nurse use. So win the day. So today I spent a good day. So tomorrow also win the tomorrow. So that's the how, I mean, accumulation is pretty much everything for me. So the one day when a chance is coming up or when something conversation came up, I have to be a lady for take it. So, you know, I want to keep chasing the dreams. And uh, I'm guaranteed for the, everyone that you are the first person ever to the invite the NBA course the game if I make it. So <laughs> that's for, I love it. for
0: everybody. Yeah. I love it. Well, this has been great, brother. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely see you soon.
1: Man, appreciate it, Kevin. Appreciate it.
0: Boom. Amazing. Thanks again for listening, my friends. If you enjoyed the episode or if it brought you any value at all, it would mean the world to me if you could give it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you share it on social media, make sure you tag me at Kevin Tarka. If there are any topics that you want me to dive into or any guests you'd love for me to have on the show, Just shoot me a message and I will do my best to make it happen. Have an amazing day and hope to see you back here soon.